Welcome back. We are in Genesis chapter 12, verse 5. Let's go. 12.5, Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. All right. So Abram took his wife, right? He's married, and his lot's, uh, Lot, his brother's son, so he's got his nephew with him. And all their possessions. So they had a lot of stuff. They came from Ur and uh, then to Haran, and now they're moving on. He's got a lot of stuff. He's a wealthy person. And it says, And the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed. So there's kind of this uh, posse that they've got rolling out with them. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. Land of Canaan. Uh, this is where God had called them to. This is the land of milk and honey. This is the promised land. This is... Uh, Israel is part of the land of Canaan, but is not entirely the promised land. There's much more area that is not presently being occupied by by Israel. But just to give you an idea, and we talked about the land of Canaan versus the Canaanites, uh, very different concepts um, earlier. And remember that the Canaanites were an idolatrous, self-idolizing people. Um, they had idols and idol worshipers and denied the one true God. And yet the land of Canaan, where they resided was the promised land where God was calling Abraham to, or Abram at this point. And so very different. Uh, the Canaanites, not good. The land of Canaan, good. It says, so they came to the land of Canaan. Verse 6, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the pyramid tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. So the land was full of these anti-God idolaters. Abram, Abram must have been like, really God, this now, me, why? This doesn't make sense. But know this, following God doesn't always make sense, and often does not. But that's why it's called faith and hope. And that's one thing I think we struggle with from a worldly perspective. We're like, well, I want it to be written out. I want God to send me a letter. Can he just send me an email, right? If he created everything, including email, can he just send me an, an email saying, Mike, here's exactly what I need you to do over the next 14 months? That's not how it works. He calls us to things, and you just have that sense of something that is not the way it should be in your life, or the sense that he he wants you to do something like this podcast, going to Bible college, those things. If you ask me in my twenties if I'd ever do a Christian podcast, I'd be like, absolutely not. I'm not a Bible beater. If you just said, are you going to go to Bible college? I'd say, no. I've I've got several degrees. I never want to study another thing. I never want to take a test. And God was like, this is where I want you. And I, I've loved every minute of it. It's been one of the best things I've, I've ever done. So let's uh, make sure that we're living for God and not living for ourselves. We're not like the Canaanites who are living for ourselves and idolatry and just seeking our pleasure at the expense of other people and at the expense of God, but instead denying ourselves, taking up our cross daily and following God. Verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So the Lord appeared to Abram. This is verse 7. So God appears to Abram again here as he was being obedient. But God did not appear to him for those 25 years when he was in Haran, um, where Abram delayed his calling and journey. Right. So he spoke to him back in Ur, called him to the land of Canaan, on the way to Canaan, he's like, I'll just stop here for a minute. 
It's like stopping at a Bucky's, but he stopped there for 25 years. God didn't speak to him. Then he starts going to the land of, land of Canaan. God speaks to him again. Actually appeared to him. It says the Lord appeared to Abraham and spoke. So Abraham, uh, Abram got to see God and he spoke. And he says, to your descendants, I will give this land. Again, Abram's got to be like, um, God, you know how old we are, right? And you know that my wife can't have children. We've tried like for a really long time. Like I'm 75 years old. We've been doing you know this thing for a long time. No babies, God. So what are you talking about descendants? I don't know what you mean. I can imagine that going through Abraham's head or maybe even literally having that conversation with Jesus, with God. I don't know. Uh, probably just going through his head, but I'm uh, just adding some color there to it. To your, I know I would have been like, huh? Man, we've been trying this thing for 50 plus years, and there, there's no babies. <laughs> uh, to your descendants, I will give this land. He's talking about the land of Canaan. That's the promised land. And there he built an altar to the Lord. So Abram built an altar to the Lord. He stopped. He took his time. He took his resources. And he did something that honored God. Notice it's not an altar to himself. It's not building this building with his name on it. It's an altar to the Lord. What are you doing for God? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your money? When your peers look at you, your neighbors, your colleagues, your friends, your family, what do they see? Do they see you building an altar to yourself trying to make your name great? Or do they see you trying to lift up God? And if you're like me, you're going to screw up, but that also gives you an opportunity to ask forgiveness. And verse 8, it says, And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, uh, Bethel or Bethel, however you like to say it, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai, or Hai, on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. So verse 8, and he moved from there uh, to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent. This word tent, tent means temporary. It's indicative of a pilgrim on a pilgrimage. We must remember that this earth is not our home. We are simply pilgrims on a journey whose home is not of this world. Right? These are some of the greatest concepts that you can get in your mind, I promise, because I've gotten them in my mind. They've helped me a lot. And I still struggle with worldly things, don't get me wrong. And I probably always will because I'm stuck in this flesh. But when times get tough, think a couple of key concepts to yourself. One, don't worry about storing up treasures on earth. But store up treasures in heaven. Two, this earth, this spinning rock, this marble that we stand, sit, and sleep on, it is not our home. And three, that our home is not of this world. Right? I've got a sticker on the back of my truck that says N-O-T-W, and that means not of this world. We're literally not of this world. We're just passing through. We're visitors. Yeah, we may visit here for 40 years, 60 years, 80, 100, maybe 120 or something for a couple of us, but we don't need to be searching in search of this, uh, what's it called, the fountain of life, I think people call it, in search of, oh, the one that will keep you youthful forever. That's called heaven. That means you take your last breath here as a Christian, as a one who's placed their faith and hope in Jesus, and you wake up in that fountain of youth, if you will, in that youthful state for the eternity with bliss and joy and no more tears and no more sadness. How awesome that is. And uh, that's, that's yours if you're a Christian, if you have Christ in you, because it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It says with Bethel on the west, Bethel 
means house of God, and Hai or Ai on the east, and that means dump. So Bethel means house of God, and Hai or Ai means dump. So basically Abram was between the house of God and the dump, between heaven and hell, if you will. And he chose to worship God where he was. We today are to turn our backs on this world, turn our backs on the gates of hell, and keep our eyes focused on God in heaven. All the while, check this out, don't miss this, encouraging people to do the same for their own benefit and for God's glory. We should be reaching our hand out, just like Jesus reaches his hand out to us, grabbing other people, saying, let me tell you about Jesus. Come along with me on this journey. You won't regret it. And it's for their own benefit, right? Because will they be more greatly benefited if they don't know God and they go to hell? Or if they trust and place their faith in Christ and they go to heaven? Obviously, it's the latter. And that's how God gets glory. And Satan's like, another one, another one down. But that's what God's calling us to do. And we play a role. How cool is it that God didn't just do this all on his own and we sit back and we have no choice, no opinion, no ability to do anything? No, he chooses to work through us, feeble, weak, meek, uh, broken people in desperate need of a Savior. And he says, I forgive you. Now go tell others about this forgiveness. Go tell others about who you were, the fear, the worry, the the anxiety that you had, and now who you are. And yes, there will still be some fear, some worry, some anxiety, because that's of this world, that is of the devil. That's what he wants you to do. And we have the flesh that we live in that we can't get rid of. But we also know that we are God's once we place our faith in him. And we cannot be snatched away by the devil. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us you can't be a Christian one moment and then not a Christian the next moment. If you're not a Christian, that means you never were a Christian, right? So the question is, will you move to the dump or to the house of God when you take your last breath? And what are you doing now to prepare for that eventual and certain move, right? Since this is a temporary place, you are moving, you are literally going to move. Like if you were going to move your house, you'd start packing, you'd start telling your friends, you'd start doing the postal change of address, scouting new grocery stores near the new house, schools, all that stuff. But sadly, people are like, yeah, I'm a Christian. What are you doing to prepare for that move, that move to heaven? Um, well, I go, I go to church twice a year. Okay, well, that's, that's really good. That's like saying I'm going to move my house and I've packed two books um, but I have a hundred books and I have furniture and I have dishes, but I've only packed two books. It's like, that's not real indicative of the fact that you think you're actually going to move. That's you just saying, maybe you're going to school that day or to the library, or maybe you're just going to walk around the block or go to the park and read a book. That doesn't tell me you're uh, going to move, right? We want people to see it. And they're like, whoa, something's different. You must be moving. I see the sign in your yard. I see the trucks coming. And that's what we want them to see is, is with us as a Christian is they're like, Oh, I see you telling people about Jesus. I see you reading your Bible. I see you going to church all the time. I see you doing this other stuff. I see you giving money or whatever it is, right? We want people to see it just as they would see if we were moving from one neighborhood to another because we are moving. Let's prepare for it. And let's see. And hold on, let me find my place. All right, we'll pick up there tomorrow with the back half of verse 8. Lord, I love you. Help me and my move to be so apparent to people 
that they understand who you are, that they see, that they ask questions, that I don't look like I'm going to stay in this world forever, but they see me preparing for that move to heaven. Help us with this today, one small step at a time, placing faith, placing our hope, trusting you, telling people about you, going to church, praying, reading the Bible, and just loving on people in your name, Lord. In your amazing name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.